Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. It's complicated, and how it evolves tells us a lot about the history of the Earth. Now, trying to evolve a multicellular life from a single cell in the lab can be done, but it takes a long time. Also, you can learn a lot about the evolution of all kinds of life forms. Let's researchers go to the lakes of Sweden to learn more about how algae can group together to support. And now we launch into our Launchpad News segment. Earth is one of the most fascinating concepts to think about. The way our planet went from a collection of hot rocks and gases in an atmosphere, moving together through space, eventually leading to the formation of some complex chemical building blocks, which would have given way, ultimately, to life. It takes a long time, and there's many, many complicated steps in the process of the formation of basic chemistry being one of them, and we can look back at previous episodes where we talk about that topic. But how we then end up with multicellular life, that is very, very complicated indeed, because you need to have so many of those building blocks arrived at first before you can even begin to comprehend the formation of multicellular life. If you took away from Earth all of the plants, animals, fungi and seaweed, you would have a wetter and greener version basically of Mars. That's cool, but not the world that we know and love. So this transition to having multicellular life spread all the way across the planet, it happened hundreds of millions of years ago. And the problem is, those very earliest forms of life, all those links in the chain, would have been so small. They're mostly lost to the process of extinction, and actually, they're also incredibly difficult to preserve in the fossil record. When we get to things like the Cambrian explosion, we have enough life that it actually makes an impact on the fossil record. We see it actually trapped in the sands of time, rocks literally. And that is where we can start to analyse what life looks like and gets from that to what we have today. But before that, the step between primordial soup, complex chemistry forming in pools and puddles, to some kind of multicellular organism, well, that transition is a lot more complicated, and there's a lot of gaps that we're trying to understand. This is something that researchers from across the world are diving into, and one particular study published in the journal Nature from Georgia Institute of Technology, with lead author on this paper, Ozan Bodzak, along with others, have been trying to investigate how some of this multi evolved from a simple starting point. This was a long-running evolutionary experiment run in a lab, built on a model organism that they let run for a very, very complicated, long study to see what would happen. This was coordinated by William Rackless, an associate professor at School of Biological Sciences, and trying to investigate how different kinds of multicellular organisms could evolve by starting at single-celled ancestors in a lab and effectively waiting for evolution to take place.
snowflake yeast as their model organism, and they watched over 3,000 generations of laboratory evolution. And what they saw is that this snowflake yeast evolved to be physically stronger and more than 20,000 times larger than the original ancestor. This type of biophysical evolution you have to imagine as being kind of prerequisite if you want to have large <coughs> multicellular life that you know you can see with the naked eye, the life that inhabits our planet. So to get from a single yeast cell into something pretty big and pretty complicated is an important step. This is part of the research that they're doing called the Multicellularity Long-Term Evolution Experiment, or MULTI. And the idea is that this runs for decades to understand how simple groups of cells evolve into organisms, all with different specializations, coordinated growth, and even some emergent multicellular behavior, life cycles. What makes a difference between a complicated organism and one that starts as just something in a primordial soup? That's really the goal of this whole field in this particular study. Multi is really trying to get at it. Ozan Bodzak, the lead author on this paper, has been a part of the group in Radcliffe's lab running the multi experiment for 28, since 2018. And when they started with this single-celled snowflake yeast, Bodzak grew the yeast basically in shaking incubators each day and selected ones faster growth and larger group size. So they weren't just letting it evolve on its own, they were actually adding in some selective pressure to see if they could nudge it along the way. It's important because you actually want to try and speed up the study because, well, we can't afford to wait billions of years. Now, the team selected on organism size because all multicellular lineages start out pretty small and simple, but then they evolve to be larger and more robust over time. If you want to have something to grow large and tough bodies, you have to have a payoff for that increasing complexity, which can lead to some pretty interesting biophysical innovations. They wanted to test this hypothesis, though, in the lab, which means that you can't just wait for it to randomly occur, you also have to help it along the way. And they did have to help it along the way of 3,000 generations of evolution, but with some selective pressuring along the way, they were able to see it went from being invisible to the naked eye to actually visible to the size of a fruit fly. And it contained not one cell, but actually half a million cells. That individual snowflake yeast had been evolved into something with novel material properties. They started off pretty weak, weaker than gelatin. And now they're as strong and as tough as wood. That's very, very far from the beginnings of snowflake yeast. So when they went to investigate how that snowflake yeast became larger, they observed that the yeast cells themselves became elongated, reducing natural density of the cells packed into a group, stretching it out. That cell elongation slowed down the accumulation of cell-to-cell -cell stress. This is important because if you don't stop that cell-to-cell -cell stress, you would actually see the cluster start to fracture. So by stretching the cells out and decreasing the density of cells, the cells have room to grow, more or less, and this means that it doesn't get to such a big stacked-upon size that it just breaks apart when it gets too large. But that's not the only reason how it managed to get from small to huge. They tried to understand the biophysical mechanism that allowed to go from micro to macroscopic. And to do that, you need to see inside the yeast clusters to see how those different cells interacted physically. 
microscopes can't really penetrate large, densely packed groups. So you have to actually use something like a scanning electron microscope to image thousands of ultra-thin slices of the yeast. With that, you can actually see the internal structure and how it connects to itself. And there was a totally new physical mechanism that they found inside of it that allowed the groups to grow to this really big size. Branches of those yeast became entangled in the cluster cells, evolved like a vine wrapping around each other. And this vine-like behavior actually has the benefit of strengthening the entire structure. This is really cool. The yeast have come up with a way to handle themselves being elongated and stretched out and build strength in the overall structure. And all the researchers did by simply selecting on organism size only, the researchers found out how to leverage this biomechanical mechanism and they could make it even more entangled. That helped it make it 10,000 times tougher as a material. That's a huge increase in toughness, but that was all coming from this entanglement process. Now, entanglement adding to strength, that's pretty normal when you're studying a polymer, but that's where it's a bit different here because the entanglement is happening in an entirely different mechanism. The growth of the cells are coming together in this entangled way rather than just through movement jumbling them up. And watching the entanglement was actually a really fascinating time for the researchers because they could see how this simple multicellular group started to evolve. As a brand new multicellular organism, snowflake yeast didn't really have any sophisticated developmental mechanisms that you would see in a modern organism. But after 3,000 generations of lab evolution, that yeast figured out how to drive and co-opt this process of cellular entanglement and use it as its major developmental mechanism. This is interesting because it could align to see other studies, for example, around how multicellular fungi use a similar highly entangled multicellular body. And that's possibly a common and widespread trait in that particular branch of multicellular life. So what they're seeing in this laboratory study is the way multicellular life can evolve over thousands of generations in a lab. And just by selecting for size, they've managed to influence and get it to grow to not only become tougher, and bigger. It's amazing to think of this evolutionary process occurring just in a lab in a simple experiment, but it can go other places because we see similar techniques of entanglement being used in fungi, which means that this lab experiment isn't something on its own track. It's actually something pretty common across the area. So growing something from microscopic to macroscopic is a pretty cool evolutionary achievement. The Georgia Institute of Technology and lead author Osan Bodag published in the journal Nature but it's some great work from the multi-study. We can probably see some more papers in the future as this study goes on for longer, and they evolve some more complicated forms of life. Researchers from Lund University in Sweden have been studying multicellular life in a bit more applied way. In a paper published in Nature Ecology and Evolution, authors Charlie Cornvallis and others have been studying algae growing in these Swedish lakes to learn how multicellular life might have evolved by studying the way this green algae in the lake actually generates its own ecosystem and interacts with it. Now, obviously, evolution of multicellular life is important because it helps create all kinds of diverse organisms that we can see across the world. But we don't know very much about how multicellular evolves and what environmental conditions 
actually are best for pushing along multicellular evolution because you've got to get cooperations between cells to occur. And that's what builds up and creates this multicellular organism that would have everything from eyes, wings, or leaves. You need to actually have cooperation to occur. And so the predominant explanation for why multicellularity evolves is that being in a group enables a species to better cope with things happening around it. If you're larger or in a larger group structure, you can better cope, for example, with being eaten. You're larger and it's harder to eat. Or maybe you can get away faster because you've evolved some adaption that helps you avoid being caught. There's also other things. It can help avoid environmental challenges. So... The researchers were trying to see what pressures in an environment can actually lead to multicellular groups form. And it's not that those pressures or those challenges in the environment are actually helping multicellular evolution, but they're showing what strategies might be then employed to counter all of those types of environmental stress that would guide evolution one way or another. And in particular, cells produce a range of substances to protect themselves from the environment. And these substances appear to prevent actually having cells, offspring cells, dispersing far away from their mother cell in this case. So to understand why this happens and why single cell organisms evolve into multicellular organisms, they experimented with green algae because some species of green algae are almost always single-celled and others are multicellular under certain conditions. And those multicellular ones can have thousands of cells in them. So that's a pretty big disparity for the same basic type of thing, algae, you can have one form that's single set there and the other that's huge conglomerations. So what environmental conditions lead to that multicellularity to outweigh the costs for those organisms? And that's why they turned their attention to the study of single-celled and multicelled green algae adapted in the environments of the lakes of Sweden. Now what they saw, there was no benefits or cost to the algae for living in these huge groups. The conditions that the individual cells experience can be extremely different when swimming around on their own, and being stuck to other cells helps them coordinate their activities. Being in that larger group didn't make a huge environmental benefit for them, but it helped coordinate the activities, and that's a pretty interesting finding. Now, of course, Earth has lots of different environmental conditions, and all of those environments can sometimes lead to having better reasons to group together, stick together, make it easier to survive. And this will help them reproduce and be stronger and also lead to evolution of more complicated multicellular organisms as well. But this is just happening, you can see now in the Swedish Lakes case, in algae. And there's plenty of other organisms that have done the same process as well. So even if something as simple as algae can still tell us a lot about the evolution of life. This paper was published in the journal Nature, Ecology and Evolution with lead author Charlie Gonvalis. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. Be evolved in the lab and it pays to work together and entangle yourselves to build strength and that's also how algae in lakes of sweden have evolved to group together to survive in challenging environments our ending theme was composed by audio and head to ysa.org.au for more information about the young scientists of australia <laughs>